So right across the board, if you look at first six months versus first six months, that is a huge, dramatic drop in, um, in new listings, which would indicate a seller's market. Are you ready? Hello! Welcome oh. to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast, episode 87. We are your host, I'm Ariel Cremendi. He is Adrian Trott. And uh, thanks for the welcome back. Just got back from a week's vacay. Feeling good, feeling pumped. Happy to see you and talk to you, my friend. How was your time away? Do you feel rejuvenated, recharged, ready to go? Yes and no, yes and no. I mean, going up to our cottage is, is... not exactly a vacation because there's lots of work to be done. You know, it's a far drive and with three-year-old kids, uh, it's a handful. Uh, but certainly a few beverages on the dock and going for a swim and lots of, uh, lots of eating and drinking and exercise. Um, it's yeah. good, good for getting out of the house during COVID. And, uh, you know, uh, Natalie and the boys haven't left the home and it was four months that they didn't leave the house at all. Um, so much needed. Feels good to be back. I was saying to Jen uh, this morning that uh, I started having dreams about work. Uh, That's so usually knew, a sign. Sign I you're knew, ready. I, I knew, yeah, I was missing it, right? Like I, I enjoy, I enjoy working and I, I love what I do and I love everybody we work with. So it's uh, it's it's not what normal jobs would provide in terms of your uh, needing well, to get could. away. I, mean, I think they could. It's just people need to be in jobs that they enjoy, and that's the that's the trick. Many people well, are more, stuck in more, jobs that they are miserable in. Yeah. So my reference would be more towards my previous careers, and anytime I went away on vacation during those. Those times, uh, I dreaded coming back and couldn't stay away long enough. Whereas now, you know, after a few days of having my my phone on silent and uh, not doing any work, I'm I'm just itching to get back and and you yeah. know wanting to check my emails and wanting to talk to people and and all that. So, but yeah, uh, yeah it's good to be back. Good to uh, be chatting uh, with you, episode eighty-seven. That's nice of the that Natalie and the boys got out too. I think when uh, Alicia was going a bit stir crazy, and I was encouraging her, I'm like, "You need, you need to go. You need to get out, do something." And then we needed new planters on the porch, so I kept pushing her, saying, "Go to Tara, buy some hanging baskets for us, bring them back." And then finally, she did. And on the way home, she was like, "Do you, do you need anything from the LCBO?" <laughs> like she was so hesitant to go out. And then once she did, she was like, "Oh my god." I need to extend this trip. I don't want to just go to one store. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't, uh, at some point you will go crazy. Well, and I think now it's becoming, um, you know, the, the, the new norm is just to get out there, but be, be cautious and, and, uh, yeah. take the precautions and still have your sanitizers and masks and 
gloves and booties and all those things that you need to feel comfortable. Um, everybody has a different comfort zone and different, different perspective, different opinion and all that. So you just got to respect everybody's opinion and, and comfort level. I think we've done a good job of, of doing that, not only internally, but with our clients as well. And, uh, you know, a good example is, uh, when we went up to the cottage, I was, I was pretty, not not amazed but it it was really interesting i didn't see anybody really walking around with a mask um nobody using any gloves um but you mean in in, where just like walking down the street or at stores or any anywhere in town i mean it's obviously a small town population of 800 uh but it is cottage country so there's a lot of people from many different parts of Canada and men, well, now not so much from the US, but, um, you know, you get people from all over the place. Like I have one neighbor from Barrie, one from Hamilton, um, you know, so anyways, I mean, at the end of the day, I was, I had to do a, a run to the, um, to the garbage dump. I had to get some gas, um, get a, another propane tank, things like that. And nobody was wearing anything or doing anything uh, that would make it feel any different. Um, I was. I was wearing a a mask and sanitizing and doing all that stuff. But everybody respected it, right? Like nobody was looking at me like I was a crazy person or anything like that. So yeah, it was all it was all good. Anyway, uh, good to be back. Uh, The team was on fire while I was away, so maybe I should go away more often, which I probably will during the course of the summer. Um, but, uh, lots of, uh, lots of transactions happening, lots on the go buyers, sellers, leases, renters, landlords, investments, blah, 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 blah. So, um, it's nice to see that everybody was being very active and efficient while, uh, while I was gone. And that's a little bit about what we want to we want to talk about in this episode, I think. Uh, yeah, we've got the uh, June stats are in. I think it's uh, a great opportunity to chat about that because um, it's been a very unique year, to say the least. Lots of things going on uh, between COVID, the economy, um, recent conversation and podcast we had about CMHC changing their qualifications for mortgage approvals uh, because of their forecast on the market. So it's very interesting to see how June performance, uh, what the results were relative to the forecast that CMHC has for the market. The very um, incorrect forecast. <laughs> well, and that would that would uh, be why neither of the other two uh, insurers followed suit with um, changing their qualification rules. So, um, you know, it's in, I, I, the media will do whatever they want to get attention. So I, I, I seldom give in to, uh, you know, their scare tactics and stuff like that, but they are effective because I know many people that saw those articles and said, Oh, I'm not buying anything. I'm going to hold off a little while. Yeah. And the market's just booming and those people are missing out. I mean, anything could happen. There's no, you know, you can't predict that far into the future. What's going to happen. There's no way, but we can say right now what's happening and the market's hot. So, what are you playing with over there? How can you hear that? Sorry, you know me. I just fidget. Yeah. Um, so let's let's dive into these numbers a bit, but let's have a quick conversation for those that are interested. By the way, 
If you are watching this uh, podcast on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get notifications of, of these videos as they come up. And if you're listening on any podcast plat- platform, because you can find us on any podcast platform, um, make sure you're uh, liking, liking, getting notifications and all that stuff. Give us a thumbs up and send us a comment. We appreciate um, you you liking it. So if you like any part of this podcast, give us a like. We appreciate it. Um, so these numbers are going to review June, um, June statistics. Um, we can talk about year over year. I like the year to date numbers because one month doesn't necessarily give you a snapshot of what the year has been. Um, but in this case, you know, because the year has been so turbulent, it is good to talk about what happened in June because of, um, you know, getting back to a little bit of normalcy in the real estate world in June um, after having March, April, and May is kind of the, I call them the the pause months. And the reason I'm calling them pause months is because we didn't really see a dramatic um, effect in those no. months because of COVID, right? There, There was more of a kind of uh, just a holding pattern. Um, well, there was a from... significant reduction in, in, in activity, but that yes. was it. Yes, but in terms of prices, they remained relatively stable, and, and now they're seeing tremendous gains, uh, which we predicted very accurately, I might add. But, um, you know, March, April, May, obviously there were less transactions because people weren't going out to you know, purchase anything. And uh, certainly it made it difficult um, to to sell a home because of um, less activity. So people weren't necessarily listing their homes, although the people that did list their homes sold them and did quite well because there were still buyers on the market and they may have had less showings, but those showings were obviously very qualified and motivated purchasers. So, yes. but June, we saw things kind of retract back to normal, if not exceed uh, the buyer activity that we saw back in February. I, I think we're already back at above levels in terms of activity uh, than what we saw pre-COVID. I would agree. And not only the activity, but I mean, I, I suppose they go hand in hand, but also um, buyer and seller outlook on the market and their perspective on the market as being a very positive one. And that's always a huge indication for me as to the direction the market's going. So in February, everyone was excited that COVID wasn't really a thing yet. And people were very excited. People were moving. People were getting into multiple offers and competition. They were comfortable and confident that the market was going to hold strong. It was a very uh, early spring market. It was, definitely. Uh, and we're seeing that again now. There was a bit of a, a period of time where people were hesitant um, in the past past few months, but that's gone. Uh, for the most part, there are still some people that are telling me they've put things on hold. Um, and for those that own houses, it's probably not a big deal because theirs is going to appreciate as well. But for first-time home buyers, I would say sooner than later is a good idea because the market's increasing by the day. Although, I'll just interject here before we go on into diving into some numbers, but um, 
you know, you say if they own a home, it doesn't affect them as much because their home is also increasing. But if you're upgrading, like if you've got a $800,000 home now and, or, you know, seven, $800,000 home, and you want to upgrade to that million, million two price point, uh, and you have a three, four, five hundred thousand dollar uh, variance in your purchase and your selling price. And you know, if the statistics are telling us right now, which they are, that the average selling price is going up about ten percent per month, <laughs> then you know, uh, you might like year over year, you you might uh, be more inclined to. Uh, do something sooner than later because that that four or five let's say it's five hundred thousand dollars that you're you're upgrading. Well, over the year that extrapolates to a fifty thousand dollar price increase. So for every month that you you wait, even though you've got a home to sell, uh, you're still four to five thousand dollars more to purchase that home thirty days from now. So. Yeah. So you got to be careful uh, if you're upgrading. If you're downgrading, then fine. I mean, um, you know, you're you're right. The uh, it might even be to your to your benefit to hold out a little bit, but uh, depends on on what you're buying, of course. So, so because we have offices in Milton and in Oakville, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those stats specifically. What what happened in in the city of Milton and, or the town of Milton and the city of Oakville. Um, so where do you want to start? Oh, that's, I've got Milton up on the board here. All right. I mean, they're very, overall, they're very similar uh, in many aspects, um, as you would expect with um, municipalities that are so close together. Um, so, well, and, and, you know, the town of Oakville and the town of, Oak, uh, town of Milton are, combined into one board and it's called the Oakville Milton real estate board. Um, and because, you know, I think at some point they should almost amalgamate it into one city, but, uh, and there's been discussions of, of maybe, um, something along those lines happening, but, uh, very soon, uh, you're not going to know whether you're in, Oakville or, or Milton, like 20 years from now, those, those borders are. are well, that's happened erased. in Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton just ate up all the smaller local communities that were yep. once independent. Yep. Um, all right. So let's jump in here. So the, the one thing that stands out for me, especially in Milton is uh, June 2019 versus June, 2020. Uh, one of the biggest changes is the, lack of new listings and uh, obviously one of the biggest influences on prices is supply and demand uh, so uh, this year in june there was very little supply we were down by just over 40 percent on the uh, single family um, homes and that refers to detached homes and then townhouses and condos were uh, almost the same as the previous year they were down only uh, less than five percent so now very, that- very comparable that's comparing June this year to June last year. If you Correct. look at the six month, uh, so like year to date numbers, uh, yes. year over year, um, the the townhouse and condo uh, market 
was down over 26% in terms of new listings. Yeah. Um, whereas the single family homes down 39% year over year for the same first six months of the year. So, so right across the board, if you look at first six months versus first six months, that is a huge, dramatic drop in, yeah. um, in new listings, which would indicate a seller's market. And supply and demand, you know, we're talking about being back to normal with the real estate market when supply is low, when the new listings coming on the market are much lower than in the past or much lower than is anticipated, you are going to see more multiple offers and more bidding war situations. Um, so, I mean, we talked a little bit about that in, in recent podcasts and talked about bidding wars and holding off on offers and, and whatnot, but we're seeing it. We're seeing yes. that very, very, very dramatic uh, Well, shift. and on that note, because it is common practice or commonplace now to see multiple offers, uh, and because, you know, in, in not too long ago, it was not so common, uh, there are some people that are hesitant to get involved in those situations, so they need to really educate themselves on why they should still get involved in it and just make an educated decision on how much to offer for a house so they don't miss out on a house. Because there's many times where uh, people have said, oh, I would have paid that much money to buy it, but they didn't want to get involved in the bidding war, so they didn't put their offer in and subsequently well, and, missed out on the house. And quite frankly, if we continue at this pace where every month the inventory is only replenished at 60% of what it would have been last year. So right. that means, you know, we only have 60% of the inventory that we expected last year. And last year, I thought the inventory was low in, in both Oakville and Milton for yeah. several parts throughout the year, especially in Milton. Mm -hmm. um, so, so if the inventory continues to not replenish itself at that pace that it should, um, you're almost going to see that every new listing will be in a bidding war of some kind, whether they strategically price it low and have a set date and time for reviewing offers, or whether they just put out a, a home that is in demand and and get organic multiple offers, which is happening quite a bit. Uh, we've got yeah. a couple of our listings that that's happened to in the last week. Um, well, and the most important thing is in realizing that whatever that particular home sells for sets a new benchmark. So if you're not buying that one, the next one you see that's comparable is basing its price off of the sale price of the one you missed out on. So well, you're going to spend more. And what a lot of people don't think about is that it's the trickle-down effect. So let's just say yeah. you have a house that's priced at $600,000 and market value might be six fifty, dollars and it sells, let's say, for six sixty dollars because of supply and demand and somebody falls in love with that house. Well, let's say there were two, three, or four offers, uh, which is very, very easily happening right now. Uh, especially in the lower price points. So let's say they had four offers and the, the winner got it for 660 Now, suppose one of the other three offers was at the 650 mark, right? 
market, quote unquote, what you might have believed market value was for that home. Somebody over, quote unquote, overpaid a little bit to get it at 660. That 650 buyer and potentially the other two uh, listings were now engaged so much that the next listing that comes up that's similar will garner their interest as well. So again, now you're in a bidding war situation with people that lost out on the other house that you weren't willing to bid on. So yeah, uh, so there's that trickle down effect that happens and it ultimately is what gives you the, the price increases, right? So, well, and eventually those people, as they continue to lose out on multiple offers, and then at some point they realize that after going through the motions of this, they realize that they just need to put their best foot forward and pay a little bit more to buy the house. And, uh, you know, in the end, they, they probably end up spending more than had they have considered that option uh, earlier on in the process, which is a, in some cases a necessary evil. Some people just need to go through that process. You can't, you can tell them so many times they just don't quite understand until they've done it, especially first time home buyers that haven't gone through the process before and aren't familiar with it. Now, looking at the sales price, yeah. Um, in in just sticking with Milton, average sale price. Again, I'm going to review just quickly the year to date and yeah, cool. uh, year over year because the numbers between single family and townhouse and condo are all pretty close together. And that indicates a year-over-year increase of, on average, about 11%. Yeah. Meaning, if you have a you know, million-dollar property last year, it's now worth 1.1, 1.11 million. Yeah. Um, in Oakville, a little bit different. Oakville's a little bit different. And, and I dove into these numbers this morning and what I, what I notice is that it's probably the price point that's having that, that effect. But yeah. it's, not that, it's not that drastically different that we cannot say as a whole, Halton region, and even Peel region is pretty close. Yeah. Year over year, you know, you're about that 10 to 11%. Pretty consistently among all the various types of homes, yes. Now, the one area that Oakville, and you brought it up this morning when we chatted about it, the difference in Oakville is that the listing inventory is greater than in, in Milton. So, currently. So, yeah. June... June saw a reduction in inventory of about 8% um, year over year. And then condos and townhouses actually saw an increase in inventory of right. 20%. Yeah. So that's, a, that's quite a big increase. Uh, the reason for that, uh, Oakville has a lot of new, uh, new condos uh, that yeah. became available. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the numbers aren't, 
aren't that drastically different uh, as an actual number. 138 listings for for condo townhouses in June of 19, and then 166 in June of June of 2020. And these these stats again are from the Oakville Milton Real Estate Board. Um, if by chance there was a transaction done within either of these towns that weren't published on this board, it obviously isn't going to be in these statistics. So, so these stats, we always say, you know, take them with a grain of salt, but there is enough evidence to say that it is pretty consistent. Um, so even if you were to amalgamate and put all of the stats together from all the boards, uh, I would assume that they're going to be very, very close. Yeah, in, even, in numbers. yeah, even looking at the Toronto Real Estate Board and looking at Toronto numbers, everything's relatively consistent across the whole GTA. I mean, one thing that I've noticed and heard uh, also from a number of other agents is that in the high-end market, so like three million and up in Oakville specifically, and um, lakefront property and stuff like that, that market has been down. Um, but the, which is going to pull the numbers down. Exactly. So, um, and so if you take that into consideration, the other properties are probably actually up more than the numbers may imply. Yeah. And I think, you know, just from our experience, the, the real strong point in Oakville is kind of the low million dollar range to $2 million range, right? Like that's the sweet spot. And if you look at year to date um, for the first six months, year over year, you've got $1.513 million average sale price. Uh, Last year, 1.38. So that's up 9.6%. Actually, on that note, because... You know, we, again, we we trade in both areas quite often. We have offices in Oakville and Milton. Um, we spend a lot of time in both areas. The average sale price in Milton, which, by the way, also includes several rural areas where the prices will be higher, like Milton geographically is a very, very big place. It's one of the biggest, uh, biggest geographically of the, in the GTA correct. in terms of land. Yes. 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 So, so you might have that. Well, we've got uh, a five-acre property uh, coming up. Is that in in Milton? No, or that, is that is that that's just Hills? on the yeah, it's just on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's there's lots of land, so you might have you know, three, four, five million dollar properties in those areas as well that are pushing the Milton prices up. But if you yeah. look at the average sale price for a single family home year to date, um, it's 990, we'll call it 995 in Milton and 1.513 in Oakville. Yeah, and, huge difference. You know, if you look at June, uh, June's average in Milton, uh, a million fifty. So it's it's pointing upwards, and uh, in Oakville, one point six one eight. So it's a basically a six hundred thousand dollars spread in the average sale price uh, of homes for a ten minute drive. For a ten minute drive. And, you know, we both lived in Oakville, um, sold our homes in Oakville to move to Milton because we sold our townhomes 
<laughs> for the pretty much the same price uh, or just a little bit more uh, purchase yeah. purchase detached double car garage homes. Um, I think we're going to see a huge dramatic shift in the resale market in Milton specifically in a positive fashion over the next five years because of affordability. 100%. Um, and, you know, Milton, obviously, there's, there's a lot of new construction happening. Uh, there's another, call it 15,000 homes that are uh, already um, have the stamp of approval to, uh, in the Boeing survey for, um, for the next phase. And um, then it's actually going to go even further south. Yeah. Uh, to lower baseline. So can you imagine now homes being built at Britannia there? It's it's going to keep going south, get pretty close to the 407 in Oakville there. Um, $600,000 spread, man. Like, can you imagine for a 10-minute drive, you're saving 600 grand? Nowhere else in the GTA can you have that big of a, will you have that big of no. a spread? I mean, both areas, uh, Oakville obviously has always been recognized as being a higher end uh, area to live, but both areas offer a ton of great amenities. Um, Oakville has the lake, of course, and the great downtown. Uh, Milton has the escarpment um, and a nice downtown, not quite as big as Oakville, but... Uh, <laughs> they don't even compare, let's face it. No, no, they don't, but it, it's quaint. We'll call it quaint. Nice, great shops, great restaurants, but we'll call it quaint. Yes. Um, but both offer great things. And it depends, you know, to each their own. Uh, Oakville's beautiful. Um, certainly has more options in the way of luxury real estate, uh, especially in the downtown area. Milton, you're very limited, uh, which I think will also, uh, we'll see prices, and we have seen prices in the downtown area of Milton. It is slowly changing. There's a lot of uh, renovation, rejuvenation. Yeah. Actually, our friends at Kingsgate, every time I'm driving down Old Milton, I see a new sign on the lawn and the house has been torn apart. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing some nice work. Yeah. Um, One thing that I see right now, uh, if you, these are things buyers are looking for based on my current uh, list of buyers I'm working with, very consistent things they're looking for. Um, Privacy, pools, and bigger lots. Whether that's that sometimes that means rural. Put not myself always. on that list. A hundred percent. So if you are a seller right now and you're contemplating it, if you have a pool, if you have a, a unique shape or size lot, and you have a private lot, and that could just mean like a slightly pie-shaped lot with a couple trees. Like that is what people are looking for. People are sick of living in these new communities with small backyards and no privacy and having other people peering through their windows. So um, and those, those, and quite frankly, marketed properly, staged properly, you yeah. know, if, if, if you do the right work in selling it, those are the types of homes that really strike a, an emotional chord. And, and you've always been big on making the experience for potential buyers, um, so memorable and, and emotional that they just have to have the house. Right. And homes like that, uh, that have the bigger lots, that have a bit of privacy, and certainly that have a nice pool, um, you know, especially if you're listing it during uh, the open season for your pool, 
yeah. you know, people, people get emotional about that. They can envision them certainly during quarantine times, uh, yeah. uh, enjoying the pool with their family and, and outdoor space and, and all that. So, um, but I agree hundred percent, the clients that I am working with, uh, I'm working with a ton of investors right now, people that want to purchase, uh, properties to become landlords. Um, and, um, I think a big part of that was us launching our property management company last year. Um, so, so I'm dealing with a lot of that, but the buyers that I'm working with that want to upgrade their homes, absolutely pool is right up there. Um, but certainly having a bigger backyard with privacy. Uh, we've got some great clients that are investors of ours that reached out and they've been living in their uh, home for, I think about eight years now. And what they've said is that there's been so much turnover on their street and renters um, that they just don't get a sense of the community. Which neighborhood uh, is this in? Can you say? Uh, well, it doesn't matter because it, it's, it's, it, it's relevant. I, the, reason, the, reason I, the reason I ask is because newer communities, that's very common. It's like buying new construction. It's not a newer community. It's not a okay. newer community. It's a little bit older community. Okay. Um, and, but, but the point is they, they feel like they need a buffer from their neighbors. Yeah. Uh, not that they dislike their immediate neighbors, but they've got a renter across the street that doesn't maintain their property whatsoever. Um, and that that's the first thing that they see when they walk out of their, their house um, in their backyard, they can peer right into their neighbors behind them and vice versa. Do you feel um, like you need a buffer from your neighbors? Well, not so much anymore and that I've built a little jungle out in the back. <laughs> Although I've got two gaps. I don't know if I've said this to you, but don't be surprised when it goes up. I've got two gaps at the back and one small gap or uh, two gaps on the side and one small gap at the back that aren't protected by the trees just yet because they're still growing in. And I think I'm going to put some like lattice or something. So I oh my God. Total, total privacy back there. I just need, and it's no offense to you, but it didn't matter who's, who's living there. And I think part of it is, like when I'm at the cottage, yeah, I can step outside naked and nobody sees me. And right. I just, I just, not that I want to step out in my backyard naked, but I, if I, if I want to, I have the, I want the ability to do that. Right. Like, Are you allowed to? I don't know if you're, I don't know if you'd be allowed to. In, in my own, own backyard, backyard, if nobody can yeah. see. Well, what if people can see it? I mean, it's your backyard. Well, that's what I'm saying. I want it so that nobody can see. Anyways, that's uh, I think that's what a lot of people are looking for is just that yeah. little bit of little bit of extra privacy. When you get home at the end of the night and you don't want to talk to your neighbors, I remember when I lived in my town home in Oakville that I, and I went through four neighbors next door in ten years, four or five, and uh, I think just because the prices escalated uh, and each one was a first time home buyer, they they took that money and just uh, reinvested in something else. Or it could be just because I was uh, a bad neighbor. I don't know. But um, uh, every single time, sorry, I've got three calls in the last two minutes. What happens when you go away? What's that? 
So what happens when you go away? Everybody wants you. Yeah. Um, so, so every single time I got along with my neighbors, but there was one neighbor that every time I came home from work, they were always somewhere outside in front of the house. So when I would get out of the car, they would always want to chat, right? Like, oh, how's it going? Oh, yeah, did you this and that? And, you know, after working 12 hours in the day or whatever, I just want to go inside, have a drink, have my dinner. You know, it's 930 at night. So I yeah. used to do the fake, uh, oh, fake yeah. call. Get right? out of the car with your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just <laughs> do the, uh, you know, like. Oh, uh, now I know your of, trick. Now I know that when you're, you're on the phone out front. Like this morning? Like this morning, <laughs> I yeah. I was just pretending. Yeah, I didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I think people just, just want that little bit of privacy. And pools, yeah. pools, I have predicted it for the entire year. Go back into, I don't know what episode you want to go back into in the podcast. or You've been preaching. I, I hear you. I'm telling you, you know, people say, oh, if you have a pool, your house isn't as desirable. No, no, that's the old school train of thought, old school mentality. You don't need 100% of the market to be interested in your home. Yes, there are people that don't want pools, but the people that want pools really want a pool. And And now there are far more people that really want a pool than there used to be. And if, if the pool is nice, like one of my favorite companies, the Pool Doctors, uh, I think they're based out of Burlington, but they do a lot of work around Halton region. Yeah, um, I saw them in Georgetown yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, man, go onto their website and look at some of the stuff they do. Like you can have a gorgeous, gorgeous backyard for a very affordable cost. And I think even though you won't recoup 100% of that investment um, in in terms of, you know, how much you put in versus how much you might get out of it when you sell, it does elevate the desirability of that proper property substantially. So it's hard to actually justify what that number might be. Um, but I can almost guarantee if you invest $75,000 into a pool and, and some hardscape and landscape, which is a reasonable number, um, you'll get that money back and you'll get that enjoyment factor out of it too. So yeah. anyway, uh, those are some stats for you guys uh, right across the board in the GTA. I think uh, there's, there's a ton of confidence in the market. There's, there's a lot of activity. Uh, prices are going up and the inventory, I believe throughout the rest of July and into August, September depends what's happening with schools. I don't know, but usually October supply is also low. And, uh, and then you're getting into Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, which this year might be a little bit different. But uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't expect there to be a month the rest of the year where the inventory just shoots up. Um, so inventory is going to stay low and uh, the prices of homes are going to continue to go up. So Well, and despite CMHC's prediction of a 9 to 18% reduction in price compared to pre-COVID numbers. And wait, they said it would take until t- uh, early 2021 to, to recover. We're already beyond that. So the market's hot. And mortgage Ooh. rates are super, super attractive. 
Yes. Uh, great, great time to upgrade. A lot of demand in Milton and Oakville for uh, first-time home buyers purchasing townhomes, condos, investors purchasing a lot of townhomes and condos to uh, rent them out because there are a ton of people that can't afford to buy, uh, certainly with the down payment requirements. So, so that's really driving the lower price market. And then those people are selling and buying the single family homes, the detached homes. Um, so you're thinking of I always hated that term. I always hated what? that term. Single family. They're all yeah, single I don't family. Know. I, don't I don't know why they do that. Yeah. Anyways, now's a great time to move. Thanks for to- listening or watching episode 87 of KT Confidential. Please send us your questions for episode 88 and uh, we'll answer them for you. Leave a comment below if there was some part of this you like or agree with or disagree with. And uh, if there's any part of the video or podcast that you like, just give us a thumbs up and uh, make sure you continue to follow. Ciao. We'll, uh, We'll see you next week.